Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. Please contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com and go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. Today is May 20th, 2016. I'm Charlie Wright and we're very pleased to have back with us Ryan Wright, no relation. Ryan Wright, uh, founder, CEO, president of Fig Tree Capital Ventures, a venture capital company focusing on direct investments out of the Dallas area in Texas. Ryan, welcome back to Strategic Investor Radio. Good to be back, Charlie. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Ryan, let's focus on two things today. Let's start with oil and gas. You know, uh, oil today is uh, in the mid-40s range. It was down to about 25 uh, not too long ago. Uh, People don't know if it's going to keep going up or come down. But we know for sure that there are always ways to play various investments. Uh, People say buy low, sell high. Uh, Is this the time to get involved? Involved in oil and gas exploration. Well, in our opinion, it is, and I think you know fundamentally that's investing 101 is buying low and selling high. But you know, one of the things I've noticed over the years in doing this is oil and gas tends to be very emotional investment for people, and so it, it creates hype. And when prices are good, everybody wants to rush in and do oil and gas because they hear the prices are high in the news and they think that's the time to do it. Um, and then when prices are dropping, like they did last year, um, you know, you see everybody rushing out. Um, for folks like us, that provides some, some very good opportunities to do things when prices are low. But as you said, I mean, if you're going to be in the oil and gas business as an investor, you have to know that, you know, when, when prices drop and you can go into areas that you know are good and you can pick up distressed assets, that's the best time to be buying. But, you know, we, we deploy several different strategies depending on whether prices are high or low and it affects our decision making what what areas that we're targeting whether we're looking for more acquisition or drilling um so to speak so um of course the prices do affect that and i'm happy they're coming up a little bit but we've been able to do fairly well with uh, the prices where they're at and we found some really good places in the country that still make great returns at low prices so that's what we're focusing on now so you focus on, I understand, the stack area in Oklahoma. Tell us a little about what that area is and why you're focused there. Well, the stack play is good for several reasons. And, you know, it's not something that everybody's heard of like the Bakken. The stack is really uh, just starting to, you know, come into prominence. And, you know, actually at the end of last year, the Motley Fool uh, named it the number one oil play to watch. And so you've seen a lot of companies, Continental, Newfield's a big player there, Newfield Exploration, as well as uh, several others. Devin just bought Felix Energy for $1.9 billion. And so everybody's rushing to the stack, and it's because, you know, the economics in the stack make a lot of sense even at 40 bucks a barrel. And we're able to target wells in the stack that can still generate 30 40 50% return in the first year, um, at those low prices. And the reason is, I mean, obviously it's a liquid-rich play. Um, it does make a, a high quantity of hydrocarbons on a well-by-well basis. But for me, I like it because the state taxes in Oklahoma are a lot lower than North Dakota. We're paying a 2% production tax versus 11.5% 
in North Dakota. So that makes a pretty big difference right there. Um, the other thing is the lease operating and transportation costs in Oklahoma are less, and, and that's because the wells here don't make near as much water um, as the wells in North Dakota. And obviously we only have to transport to the Cushing, which is just down the road, so that, that makes the operating expenses a lot lower. Um, and then one of the other major factors why the stack is is better is because we're getting paid full price for our oil. I don't think many people know this, but in North Dakota, the quality of the oil isn't isn't on par with what spot prices dictate, which is West Texas Intermediate. In North Dakota, you're getting a six, seven, eight dollar differential um, based on the quality of your oil. So that all those things combined in North Dakota kind of puts you behind the eight ball. And if you're not sitting there at sixty bucks a barrel. Um, you you start thinking twice about drilling new wells there, and we still have wells being completed in North Dakota. But you know, our fund right now has about eight wells that have been drilled that are waiting on completion. Um, so I think the operators are electing to wait until prices rebound to put those online due to those factors. But um, completions in the stack play are up 81 percent since prices dropped. So that should tell you something right there. And what are they uh, industry wide? Well, it's, uh, completions are down about 74% everywhere else. So stark, stark difference there. Um, and that's the Eagleford, the Permian, North Dakota. Um, well completions have, have dropped significantly, but not in the stack. It's still very active. So uh, these investments in the stack that uh, you guys are involved in, do they still offer the tax benefits that typically oil and gas exploration offers? Absolutely. And, I mean, we have a project now targeting the stack that's a – uh, the first well in a 4,000-acre development that we're doing up there in Kingfisher County, which just, if anybody's looking for investments in the stack, they want to target uh, Kingfisher County, Blaine County, and Canadian County. Um, those are going to be the best core counties. But um, the tax benefits on our wells in the stack are north of 90%. So, for example, if you put $100,000 into a stack project and you deduct 90%, if you're in a 35% tax bracket, it actually saves you a little, a little over $30,000 off your taxes that year. And it makes your net investment about 68500 So um, you get about a third of your money back when you do your taxes that year. But, you know, that's always been a benefit of oil and gas. And, and, of course, everybody likes that. And I think that's what, you know, a lot of people go into oil and gas for is to help save money on taxes. But you want to make sure you're going to you get a return, right? And so... Our company philosophy is we only focus on uh, what's called unconventional resources, but to, to make it simple, the blanket formations where your dry hole chances are very low. And that's because you know the oil's there, you know the, the geological formations there. It's more of a mechanical operation, and it's dependent on prices and what, what it costs to drill and stimulate a well. So in North Dakota, we've drilled over 30 wells in the last few years, and we haven't had a single dry hole. The area that we're in, in the stack, uh, there's been 11 new wells drilled, and it's not a single dry hole. And so when you have those um, you know, success rates, you're giving up. You can go drill a, a well in the Gulf of Mexico, an exploratory well, and, and maybe hit 10 or 20 to 1 if you're successful, but you have a lot of dry hole risk. So we like to say, look, we're happy with base hits. Um, we just have to find a place that we can can do that consistently, and right now that's the stack. So, you know, I've got a a pro forma here for our current well. If we hit an average of 350 barrel of oil equivalent a day, and oil prices average 40 bucks a barrel on a hundred thousand dollar investment, our investors are are seeing 41 percent a year cash flow on that. 
Um, so that's that's before tax deductions. If you factor in tax deductions, you'd have a, a 60% return in year one. Now, of course, you know, wells all decline, but um, you know the stack wells in our area have, have come online averaging about 500 to 700 barrel of oil equivalent. Um, which is, um, they, you know, when, before prices dropped, they were paying out in, I'd say, about nine to ten months on average. Now we're probably looking more about 18 to 24 months on these wells. So that's still very attractive. And if you can, if you can get your money off the table in 18 to 24 months and see a tax deduction like that, then that makes it good. Okay, and tell us uh, what is the role that Fig Tree Capital Ventures plays in these? You're, you're not uh, oil and gas explorers, so you, these are ventures with uh, uh, other engineering firms and exploration firms? Yes, in a way. We partner with other companies, and what we do is we buy what's called non-operating interest. And I tried to explain this a little bit on the last time we spoke, but um, these these areas are developed using what's called drilling units. So you have 1,280-acre drilling units, and whoever owns acreage inside those designated units, um, that determines what ownership you get in the well. Um, so with our stack development, we, we have a 27.5% working interest in about 30 different locations over the 4,000 acres. Um, so we don't have control. We're not the actual operator. That's another oil and gas company that we're partnered with. So that's that's generally how we like to participate, um, and the same thing we do with Continental and Hess and those guys in North Dakota. You know, we just go buy a, a minority interest in their projects and let them do their thing. Okay, you know, Ryan, hold that right there. We need to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the hot real estate market there in uh, in uh, north of Dallas and uh, what you guys are doing there to help investors take advantage of that. Again, we're talking with Ryan Wright of Fig Tree Capital Ventures out of the Dallas area. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we'll be right back. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. All right, back to Charlie for his second half of his interview here. Thank you, Paul. Again, we're talking with Ryan Wright of Fig Tree Capital Ventures out of the uh, Dallas area. So, Ryan, one of your ventures is with oil and gas, and that's what we talked about at your last interview. You guys are also today very active in the real estate market there uh, in North Dallas, uh, a very, very active place. I was there uh, a few months ago for a family wedding, and uh, driving on that freeway, uh, north of uh, Dallas there. There's nothing but uh, high-class malls, restaurants, 
Mercedes-Benz and Lexus dealerships, new homes. It is a gorgeous, beautiful area. Toyota's moved in, I understand, with lots of jobs, and State Farm and other places, uh, other employers have moved in, and it's just a booming place. So how are you guys looking to take advantage of that for your investors? Well, uh, because of what you just mentioned, there's a, a large influx of people moving to the area um, with these corporations. And, you know, we've, ha- we've been having, um, I mean, a lot of folks from California even move here just because of tax treatments and whatever, um, retirees. And so um, when the real estate market kind of busted uh, several years ago, you know, the inventory dried up, the construction stopped. And now with this influx of people, um, we're short on inventory. So We've seen uh, some pretty significant gains year over year on on home values here. When typically, you know, three to five percent would have been a, a big year in Texas. Now we're seeing double digit appreciation in North Texas, and we've seen that for I think the last three years in a row. Now what we do is, you know, there's neighborhoods around here that are you know thirty, forty, fifty years old. We like to target these neighborhoods uh, via our wholesaling division. And what that means is, you've seen the signs, we buy ugly houses. It's a similar process in that we, we target those areas. Folks who may be transitioning to the next stage in life, don't want to maintain a home, um, probably haven't done any updates in the last several decades. Um, but the, the neighborhood itself is a resurgent neighborhood where um, folks want to move. And if we see a big contrast between the, the properties that have been rehabilitated versus ones that have not, then we will try to go in and make cash offers on properties properties do we have our own uh, in-house rehabilitation teams we we do all the work on the inside get it up to par and then we list it and so uh, we can generally get from start to finish on a transaction like that within three to four months from the time we buy it rehab it and then get it sold and so we what we try to do is i mean on these flips you can see 10 20 percent in some cases but you know our philosophy is if we can flip our inventory every three to four months and even if we're only averaging 5% uh, return per flip, um, then obviously in a, in a cycle, if you do that every three to four months, that's pretty good returns for a real estate project over a year. So we're really targeting 15 to 18% as our goal with that fund. And we do also um, do some owner financing uh, with properties. And right now we're actually targeting some smaller apartment complexes just to have monthly cash flow um, in addition to the, the flip income. So, Ryan, uh, how did you come up with all of these entrepreneurial ideas here? Was it born within you, or did you come from a family of entrepreneurs? Well, um, yes, and I think some of it um, was learned. Some of it, you know, you're just born with that that hunger, I guess. And um, I've always liked to do different things and look for ways to, you know, make money. And um, I'm a finance major by you know, education. So I was always interested in, in markets and investments and helping people to find places to put their money. Um, but, you know, then again, you know, I'm also smart enough to know I don't know everything. And so I put uh, really great people around me. And, you know, we go try to hire the best folks that, that know what they're doing and put good teams together. Well, uh, you guys are certainly ambitious there. Uh, so on your, your I Buy Ugly Houses uh, venture here, what, what do you call that? Uh, that's called the Fig Real Estate Acquisition Fund. Okay, $1 million dollar project, and it's open now. So, I mean, both the both the projects we talked about today, the Fig, the Stack project, and the acquisition fund, the real estate fund are open. Um, the real estate fund is cash flowing. It does have properties and inventory, 
Um, and then the the stack project is actually going to start drilling in June and should be in cash flow by September October time frame. Okay, and uh, on the property acquisition uh, fund here, um, what uh, how does the investor participate? Well, in, in all of our projects, basically the investor becomes a partner in the in the partnership, um, and of course you fill out subscription agreements and the typical documentation. Um, you do have to be an accredited investor. Um, you do have to be able to prove your your income and net worth via certain methods. That's the law now, um, under 506C, and that's how these projects are structured. So, if you meet those accreditation requirements, um, then you know you do your due diligence. If you like the project, then you can you can participate. Okay, and, and uh, d- does it pay a particular yield at the present time? Kind of what? Uh, what? Uh, how are the benefits shared between FigTree and the investor? Um, on the real estate project, all profits are distributed. Um, we don't we don't reinvest any of it. Everything's distributed. Um, the escrow money, the basically the the principal amount stays put. So let's let's just make an example. So if we buy a house for a hundred and 50,000 per se and we put 50,000 in rehab in it and our basis in that property is 200,000. Well, we go sell the property for 250,000, we have a $50,000 profit. 80% of that goes to the investors, 20% goes to Figtree and its team. Um, and then the principal amount gets put back in the the escrow account and then gets uh, redeployed for a new property. So it's an 80-20 split on divestitures on any rental properties we have. Uh, owner finance properties that's a 90 10 split and we structured it that way we looked at a lot of different uh, real estate projects before we created this and honestly a lot of the back-end splits on these syndications are not that favorable i've seen as, as bad as 50 50 um, 75 25 etc so we tried to make it highly competitive in terms of what else was out there so we believe the 80 20 is is as fair as i've seen and 90 10 on rentals and then that's the same with when we talk about oil and gas. That's the same way you know we participate as we have a ten percent carried working interest in our oil and gas project. So um, ninety cents goes to the investors, ten cents comes to Fig Tree on every dollar that comes out of the ground. And with bank rates so low, why are you looking to investors to raise capital as opposed to using bank financing? We've always just had the philosophy we don't use any debt. We ne- we've never taken bank debt. It's just been a, a company philosophy from day one. I think it worked out for us um, in the oil and gas markets. Um, you know, when prices were eighty, ninety dollars, banks were happy and willing to lend money, and that's how a lot of people got in the pickle they're in now. And that's why we're seeing a lot of assets that are tier one assets for sale for pennies on the dollar because guys are having to service their notes and, and pay down their debt. And that's the same thing with real estate. Although real estate's a lot more conservative, we've just always stuck with that philosophy so it's not something we are interested in in borrowing money to do okay you involved in uh in in any retail or industrial properties at all no commercial right now everything is residential multifamily, single family residential okay so ryan a question we'd like to ask all of our uh guests here what keeps you awake at night besides my snoring <laughs> my wife I, I say i keep my wife awake at night but you know there's a lot of things that you know i'm a thinker so i'm you know i worry about a lot of different things you know 
as far as, of course, oil prices uh, had us a little worried. And, you know, fundamentally it did provide some opportunities, but you do have some concerns on, you know, what's, what's the outlook for the future. And we believe, um, you know, with, with how much it takes to keep oil production steady, how much capital investment it takes, we knew that it's just a matter of time before inventories and supply starts dropping. And we're seeing that to start to take foot now. Um, the question I worry about now is, okay, if prices jump up to $50, $60, how fast um, can we start putting on all the wells that are just sitting there in North Dakota? I mean, there's there's quite a few wells that have been drilled that are just waiting to be turned on. So that's my fear is, hey, we get back to a, a favorable price and we shoot ourselves in the foot by turning all the production that we have on. You know, and, of course, I think a lot of folks in the country are worried about the election and what's going to happen and who's going to win. And, uh, you know, I worry about stuff that's going on overseas with ISIS and and uh, those things. So I think those are the, the three main things that keep me up. Okay, well, there's plenty to uh, worry all of us, uh, no question. I remember when I graduated from uh, college, one of the speakers at uh, one of our commencements said, uh, there are enough prophets of gloom to discourage anybody from getting out of bed in the morning. And that was uh, before you were born that he said that. So if that was the case then, that's certainly the case today. What kind of impact do you see uh, rising interest rates having on the real estate marketplace there in, in the Dallas area here, Ryan? Well, I think anytime uh, interest rates rise, you're going to see a, an effect with you know the lending ability um, and people's ability to acquire loans. So I, I do believe that will affect um, the markets quite a bit. But I mean, we've seen a, a lot of buyers come in here from out of state in California and and those types of places buying homes cash. So I just feel this market is is going through a transition. I don't think it's going to last forever. Um, we will eventually uh, catch up on the inventory side and. I think that in, the, in, in some price ranges, you may see a bigger effect with the rise of interest rates. But you guys know that what you pay for a 2,000-square-foot house in California, you come here to Texas, and you can buy a, a little mega mansion uh, for the same price. So um, I think buyers see the value here, and most of the folks that um, are, are moving and buying those type of properties aren't too concerned with um, interest rates and getting financing. Okay, and uh, tell us, are there any any other areas that you guys are considering uh, going out into besides oil and gas and local real estate here? Um, We do have another company that we're funding that is a um, wireless electricity transmission company. It's pretty amazing, and there's not a lot I can say about it without uh, NDAs and whatnot, but um, these guys basically have taken Tesla's uh, theories and made them reality. The physicists that, that invented this have created a way to transfer large amounts of electricity on a non-radiated wave um, very long distances. And I've personally witnessed tests of over 30 miles um, transferring electricity wirelessly from point A to point B down this wave they've created. And, I mean, that you want to talk about losing sleep at night, that kept me awake for a week there because, you know, you've grown up this whole entire time with electricity the way it's been, and who would have thought that's possible? Um, but 100 years ago, when electricity was just first becoming prevalent, you had one camp that was AC and the other camp that was DC saying, you know, this is the way to do it. No, this is the way to do it. And we ended up going the route we went. But um, that's because at that time they couldn't figure out how to do it Tesla's way, and he couldn't he couldn't perfect it as well. So, you know, I think that that to me 
secretly is the most exciting thing we have because the upside of it is enormous. It's very disruptive. It has the ability to transform the world as we know it. So I'm very excited about that also. Yeah, it sounds like it. So so give us uh, uh, your contact information and website here. Um, you can go to figtreecapitalventures.com or figcv.com. Um, we have Facebook. Um, you can uh, check us out on LinkedIn or Facebook. Or um, our phone number is there on the website as well. So if anybody, you know, wants to learn more or get some of our materials for education purposes or learn about the different products and what the kind of pros and cons are of the products that we offer, then they can contact us. And you can go to the website and fill out the contact form and request information right from there. Um, call the office and ask for me. Or um, you can even email me, Ryan, at figtreecv.com if you'd like. Thank you, Ryan. So final words for our listeners here. Well, just keep your head up and, and do your homework. And, you know, if you guys are looking to do oil and gas investments, do a lot of research on the stack. I, we think that's the best play to be. And um, best of luck in all your endeavors. Thank you, Ryan, very much. We appreciate you spending time with us here today. You guys have a great day. Appreciate hey, it. Thank you very much. So we've been talking with Ryan Wright of Fig Tree Capital Ventures out of the Dallas area. And uh, you're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. And we wish you all an enjoyable week and productive investing. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor, your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science.